Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. may be seated. We're in our third week of our uh, Lessons of Luke sermon series, and actually fourth week, skipped a week, Um, but we're in our fourth week of our Lessons from the Gospel of Luke sermon series, and like I said, we're challenging you all that each summer to read a gospel. And last summer we read the gospel of Mark, and uh, this summer we're reading the gospel of Luke. And if you've noticed, we're almost done. And so if you're just coming or just joining us for the first time, you you still have plenty of time to catch up between now and um, next Sunday when we bring this to a close. And I mean, you're you're roughly um, 20 chapters behind, but that's okay. It it, it reads pretty easily and pretty quickly. And, And some of those stories are pretty familiar. And, and when we think about those stories, sometimes when we come across a scripture or a story that we're familiar with, sometimes God reveals to us something that we didn't see before. And with, the, with these lessons in Luke, some of these stories are very familiar to us, and, and I hope and pray that as we're reading them and as we're thinking about them, that something is revealed to you that you hadn't seen before, or something brought to you that might stir up within you, something that you hadn't seen or heard before. And so let's go to God in prayer before we begin. Gracious God, as the scripture is read, may the meditations of our hearts and minds be on you. Speak to us, Lord. Help us be open to those possibilities that you set before us. Remind us that you call us to be a friend to our neighbor. And Lord, we know that if we ask, you'll listen. And so Lord, just be with us in this time and this space. And all of us gathered here said, Amen. So our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Listen to these words. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And do not lead us into temptation. He also said to them, Imagine one of you has a friend, and you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, Friend, loan me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine further that he answered from within the house, Don't bother me, the door is already locked. And my children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I assure you, even if he wouldn't get up to help, 
because of his friendship. He will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's barnishes, barnish, barnishness, brassness, brashness. Ugh. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is open. Which father among you would give you a snake to your child if that child asked for a fish? If a child asked for an egg, what father would give that child a scorpion? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Does your prayer life look like this? You don't know what to say. You don't know how to respond. You don't know where to begin because there's so many things on our table. There's so many things on our plate. There's so many things going on with this world. This morning when I was getting ready and, and looking over my notes and was looking at Facebook, I this image had popped up, and this was like the third time this image had popped up. Somebody had shared this image through Facebook. And for me, when those things happen in like threes, I better pay attention. And when I saw this image, I thought to myself, this is, this is kind of how we pray. Dear Jesus, and then we don't know where to go. Because maybe we're too afraid. Maybe we're too scared. Maybe we don't know how to speak. Maybe we don't know what to say. Maybe we're, we're, we're so afraid to be honest and open with God that, that we don't want to say the wrong thing to God. Or maybe we're, we're so unwilling to just go to God and be honest with God with who we are that we just, dear Jesus, amen. And what's interesting about today's story and that we heard today is that Jesus gives us this great model of prayer. We notice that Jesus had just finished up praying, and, and, and I've been there in those moments when I've been sitting in the office and I've finished up a prayer practice or I've finished up reading Scripture, and, and all of a sudden that person walks in. And I know what Jesus was thinking. What now? What are they going to ask now? What do they want me to do now? What did I do wrong today? And the disciples say, hey, Jesus, um, can you teach us to pray like John's disciples? And I bet they saw something in John's disciples that, that steered them to think that this was healthy, that this was a good prayer practice. That they were praying in such a way that they wanted to learn how to do. You know, there are a million books on prayer on how to pray. If you notice, Jesus doesn't give us physical instructions to pray. He doesn't say, all right, everybody, now put your hands together, bow your head, close your eyes, get on your knees, and say these words to me forever and ever. No, he says, when you pray, pray like this. Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And do not lead us in temptation. See, prayer is important. I really do believe that prayer, if we're not praying, and not just praying for ourselves and our own wants and needs, but if we're praying for our neighbors, if we're praying for the world, if, and we can't pray our will be done. 
We can't pray for our way to win. We can't pray for, for our side to win the victory. We, we need to pray for God's will to be done. Because I think far too often when we pray, we pray in this like self-centered, shallow kind of prayer. We don't pray big. We're too afraid to ask. Prayer is important because it's the lifeblood of who we are. It's that honest and open conversation to God. When we go to God and pray and say, God, here's what's on my heart. Here's what's going on. Here's what I want to lead you to do. Here's what I want you to hear. God hears that prayer. And all the time, it's answered. Now, it may not be answered in the way that you want. Because how often do we pray? And, you know, how many of you have been praying? You don't have to show hands because, you know, it's a little embarrassing. How many of you pray for the lottery to win? How many of you to pray for that, that, those numbers to hit? You, you don't have to be honest about it. There are several of us that do that. My grandma talked about that yesterday. If she won the lottery, here's what she would do. But as I've discovered, you can pray for the, to win the lottery, but you've got to pay to play. So therefore, I've never won because I've never paid to play. But there has to be a response. Prayer is important and two questions I want you to think about. One is, how did you learn how to pray? Who taught you how to pray? Did you do it by example? Did you do it by watching people at church on Sunday? Did you do it because your Sunday school teacher told you, all right, put your hands together, bow your heads, close your eyes? Or did you do it by observing and watching and learning and reading all the books. I mean, there's a, there are more books than you can count on prayer. And who are your role models? Who helps you in your prayer life? Who, who do you lean on when you need prayer? Who do you go to when you need prayer? Who, who do you say, hey, I, I'm praying on this. Can you pray with this with me? Because we know that the more we get people to pray on this, the better it is. See, prayer is important. And for me, it's the central part of my life and ministry. I mean, I pray a lot. I, I really do live into what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. Or prayer without ceasing, depending on your translation. Pray continually. I, I, I live this attitude of prayer that when people come to me and say, hey, they may not even tell me, hey, pastor, will you pray with me on this? But they may just say, share something with me, and, and, and I'm instantly already praying for them. Or I may not even know them. You know, one of the worst things you can do as a pastor is walk into the hospital with the collar on. Because everybody wants you to pray with them. And so I walked by the, uh, I was walking by after a hospital visit, and I walked by the waiting room there. And I just slowly slowed down and waited. And walked slowly, I walked a lot slower by the waiting room to see if anybody need prayer. I wasn't going to walk in and say, anybody need prayer today? Because that's, that's, one, that's not my personality. I try to be an unanxious presence. And I, when I walked by that, that waiting room there, I could see on look, the looks on people's faces that there were a lot of people who needed prayer. And so as I was in the elevator, I just, Lord, just be with those that need you, that are longing and searching for you. See, I believe that prayer can be simple. It can be a conversation with God. And, and, and you know, when I started um, out as a pastor in my family, we'd circle up and pray. 
you know, they would ask me to pray because that's apparently what I do. And, and they were, you know, Matt, we want you to pray. And, and the first several times I would pray, they were excited because they knew that they were going to eat that much quicker. Because some family members, when they pray, it's, you know, you wonder if the chicken's going to get cold. But I was honest and short. Because Jesus shows us in the scripture today, he doesn't like set a formula. He, he shows us how to pray in, a, in an easy way. And if we're open to that, and we're serious about our prayer lives, be ready. Because God will take you places. God will do awesome miracles if we, if, if we lean in a little bit more and pray a little bit harder and pray bigger. I think far too often we pray uh, too small. And those prayers can be answered if we are willing to take that next step and, and do what it takes to, to bring God's kingdom here on earth. We need to ask God to bring in your kingdom, God's kingdom. Notice, it, it, Jesus doesn't say, bring in my kingdom. He says, bring in your kingdom. He's honoring God and saying, God, come and fill our hearts with your peace. In 2012, I was at Church of, Leadership, Church of the Resurrection Leadership Institute. And I was sitting, um, getting ready for this uh, talk, and uh, Reverend George Acevedo um, uh, United Methodist pastor in Florida, he shared with us this prayer. Lord, would you send us the people that nobody else wants and nobody else sees? And that's the prayer that I pray as I walk through the sanctuary every Sunday morning when nobody's here at 7 o'clock in the morning. Hold out my hands and walk between the pews. Lord, would you send us the people that nobody else wants or nobody else sees? Because I know that there are people that are searching and longing and wanting a relationship with God, but they do not know where to begin. And may this be the place that they begin. And when Acevedo said, you're going to pray this prayer, he said, you better be ready. And ever since that time, that prayer has stuck with me like a toddler to flypaper. And it's resonated with me that, Lord, send us those people who are longing and searching. And, and, you know, you can be a lifelong member of this church and have attended every Sunday and still be longing and searching for God. We have to be open to that possibility of the Spirit still speaking to us. We have to open ourselves up to that possibility of, uh, of God speaking to us and through us. Prayer is not going to change God's mind. It's not going to change God's will. But it will change you. And, and when we open ourselves up to that possibility, Jesus gives us, you know, he's sitting there with the disciples and he says, hey, pray like this, and he teaches them how to pray. In verses 2 through 4, we see how Jesus is, like centers us in prayer. What we should pray for. But then, have you ever heard of this Acts prayer? The Acts prayer is something that you can easily do. It's something that we teach the children to do. It's something that you can e easily do. And the first step is acknowledging who God is. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, Friend, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Acknowledging God's presence in our lives. Acknowledge who God is and how God operates in this world. Father, uphold the holiness of your name. And then we need to confess 
confess our, ourselves to God and confess where we've fallen short and, and, and confess our, and be willing to, to listen for God's assurance. Bring in your kingdom. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who also forgive us. Being open and confessing ourselves to God because God wants to hear it. No matter how big or how small, God wants to hear it. We have to be open with God. And then thanksgiving. we got to give thanks to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for the air conditioner. Thank you. you know, and, and those simple small prayers we think they're, can be funny but can be serious too. I love, my nieces now pray when we have family meals. And it's fun to hear their prayers. Because they've taken all the prayers that they've heard from coming to church around me and just taking my prayers and they're just regurgitating what they've heard from me. Dear God, thank you for this meal. Thank you for being with us in every step and every breath that we take. In your name we pray, amen. It's that simple. And when we give thanks to God in, in, in the attitude of prayer in our, in our prayer lives, it's amazing what we become aware of. And supplication, offering God those requests. And it's not just a request for us. The, our request for the church and the world and, and all the other things that are going on around us in our lives, if we offer those up to God and say, God, here these are. Here's what's on my heart. Here is what's going on in my life. And, and lift those up to you. It's amazing not how God works on us, but how God can work through us. And Jesus teaches us this lesson and, and when we pray. And, and so he gives them a prayer, and then he jumps back in, in verse 5 and, and jumps in with this story. And we notice that in this story, he's basically telling them to pray big and to be honest and be ready to respond. Because you may be one of the two people in this story. You may be the person seeking out God and, and seeking out prayer. And you may be the person who, you know, I mean, I have to admit, if someone came knocking on my door at, new, at midnight, I'd probably be like the guy saying, it's too late, the kids are asleep, I don't got no bread. I know that's not right, so you don't have to correct me. But that's probably how I would say it at 12 o'clock at night. But we've all been there. And Jesus is using this teaching moment as an opportunity to show us that, hey, ask big. Don't be afraid. Be willing to ask, and, but don't also really be willing to ask. Be willing to receive. That's why when you hear me say, may God work on you and through you, that sometimes God's working through us and we're not even aware of it. Sometimes we're the answer to somebody's prayer and we're not even aware of it. And all we have to do is open ourselves up. And whoever seeks, finds. To whoever knocks, the door is open. We have to be ready to respond. we got to pray big and be ready to respond. And every prayer matters to God. Every prayer matters to God. Yes, even when you pray that your sports team wins over the other sports team, God is listening, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. It happens. But you can pray for protection. You can pray for health. And I believe God works in those ways. John Ed Matheson in his book, Do I Need to Change 
I do need to change. He shares this story. In 2014, a 35-year-old woman named Asia Ford, a mother of three, began experiencing serious health problems because she was overweight. She knew she needed to do something about that, and so she started. And she lost 217 pounds. She decided it was time for her to run a 10K, and so she entered a race. And she was, she was coming down her final stretch. She began crying because she was so afraid about passing out. And then at that time, a police officer came up beside her and started encouraging her. He kept telling her that she could do it. And it changed her whole attitude. And she completed the race. And when she completed the race, she reflected and she said, I asked God, please let me take a few more steps. And right when I said that, God brought this man and he gave me the encouragement to do it. And Matheson later responded, he said, Isn't it great that in a time of need, God put somebody in our path as an answer to our prayer? The problem is, a lot of people are in need and praying for help. And God has somebody picked out. But that person hasn't responded. And so when we pray, no ask is too big. When we pray, you better be ready because God's going to use you. God's going to work on you. And God's going to work through you. And I want you to know this. That I'm praying for you too. I pray for each and every one of you every day, whether you realize it or not. May God's kingdom come. May God's kingdom be realized in your life that you live that out for the world to see. And so the challenge this week is simple. Be open and honest with God in your prayer life and be ready to do the work to bring the kingdom here and now. May God work on you and through you this week. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.